0: Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, episode 96. Launching ourselves and our companies into the new year. Pam and Scott's 2016 Holiday Book Pairing, part 2. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success on the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris.
1: I'm Pam Harper,
0: founding partner
1: and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And right across from me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott.
2: Hi, Pam. It is so nice to join you again for another episode of Growth Igniter's radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. And if this is your first time listening, our purpose is to spark new insights, inspiration and immediately useful ideas for visionary leaders to accelerate themselves and their companies to the next level of growth and success. So Pam, what's the agenda for today?
1: Well, we're coming up on the new year already. It's hard to believe. It's almost 2017.
2: Yeah, my goodness, time flies when you're having fun.
1: And of course, a lot of leadership teams are coming up with what they're going to do differently to respond to the ever-increasing changes in the world, especially as it applies to the digital world. On the one hand, it's tempting to stay with the models that have brought us to the level of success that we currently have. Well, sure. The thing is, though, that with the digital age, things are happening so quickly that we have to stay extra alert to the signs and the signals that would say we need to make changes. So in this episode, we're going to focus on two books that are especially relevant to the journey of growth. First, we're going to highlight The Third Wave by Steve Case. And in the second segment, we'll highlight Rising Strong by Brene Brown. These are two very different kinds of books, but very much related. And in our third segment, we'll combine the themes from these two books into three immediately useful ideas.
2: For those of you who are not familiar with our book pairing format, what we do is highlight the themes of two books that are dissimilar but complementary. Like wine and cheese, port and Mm -hmm. chocolate, each of them brings out the nuances in the other. So you get something more than from either alone and a higher level experience. So with that, let's pick up on our book pairing episode of The Third Wave and Rising Strong. So let's start with our first book. It's The Third Wave. Came out just recently. It's by Steve Case, who was the founder of America Online, AOL and chairman of AOL Time Warner, which is another story. It's part memoir, it's part manifesto, but mainly it's his opinions and predictions and recommendations for what he calls the third wave of internet technology.
1: Just really quickly, in order to understand the third wave, you really have to just touch briefly on what the first and second waves are. Right. So the first wave was... To get people up and running on the internet itself. It was well, the infrastructure. Right.
2: It, was, it was creating the infrastructure. And he points out that this took a tremendous amount of resources. It took a lot of partnering. It was very intensive. Mm-hmm. It also involved the government creating regulations that guided how the internet worked.
1: Right. So it was very much like uh, analogous to the highway system. Well, in that's a way. right.
2: Absolutely. The super highway system. And so once that was built, and things like AOL existed, and internet browsers existed, and now there was what he called the second wave, which was the proliferation of use mm-hmm. of that resource. Which
1: has been fascinating. When you think about how quickly it really has come up. I mean, it wasn't relatively speaking, that many years ago when people were saying, email, do we really need email? Well, what
2: the heck is that? <laughs> what's what's a website, for God's
1: sake? You know, and yeah. what are we doing with a website? And,
2: and now we Google everything. We Instagram everything. And is everything. there an app for that? There is an app for that, of course. There's an app
1: for everything. In fact, we were just reading yesterday, so this is July 11th, and on July 10th, there was a column in the New York Times with an author saying, do we really need a thousand stupid apps? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, the, the one that really caught my mind was the app for it. it was a smart zipper. It would tell you if your fly was down. That's so, right.
1: But the point is tremendous opportunity.
2: Well, that's right, because now they're the Internet and devices to look at and use the internet are ubiquitous everywhere, all over the world. So
1: it's the wave. So if you think about the S-curve, which you refer to a lot of how we grow in terms of our innovation.
2: Yeah, you start out slow, you go fast, and then you, you taper off. Now he says it's time to Take this wave. We're at the crest of the wave. Mm-hmm. We don't want to crash. Jump off. Get a new wave, and that's what he calls the third wave.
1: The third wave, he says, it's really the Internet of Everything, mm. not just the Internet of Things. Well, that's
2: right. And people talk about you know smart refrigerators and uh, the Nest thermostat. That's and the so Internet on of a thing. Of things. The Internet of Everything is not just. Every physical things connecting to the internet, but also the internet of behavior, Mm -hmm. where everything we do (laughs) is becoming more and more visible. Consider
1: this so that you could... Say, go to the doctor, and we're already into electronic records. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how could that become the internet of everything?
2: Well, now uh, it's more and more possible. Look at the Fitbit. You know, it it monitors your heart rate, it monitors how much you move, it monitors your. Exactly.
1: Now, so here's this data that's being generated. Who gets access to the data?
2: And how is it used? And that. Is the challenge of one of the big challenges of the third wave? And the case that Case, (laughs) the case that Steve Case makes is that now, you know, the first wave took a lot of collaboration among different partners and technologies and the government. Now we have to get back where the second wave was a lot of relatively small software as a service, relatively small companies. Uh, software is infinitely scalable now we're coming with the third wave now we have to go back to how do we integrate devices and technology and government policy Mm -hmm. and which is and virtually
1: everything can be connected across industries
2: that's right. and But he says that it has to be done in a way that will make it work. And so he has three Ps he talks about for the third wave uh, that, that dr- will drive it and drive it effectively. The first is partnering. So as he said, it's going to be impossible for any one individual, any one company, no matter how big the company is, to really wrap their hands around Everything, mm-hmm. so it's it's getting out there finding out who is the best of the best for whatever it is your purpose is,-, mm-hmm. which is another p, but he doesn't really talk about that, but finding partners who can come together and you build not just a few soloists but a symphony mm-hmm. to create all these new things and and he talks about areas that have enormous significance for the entire world, for medicine and telecommunications, communications, uh, food, the food chain, all kinds of things. How do we get better and better and better at providing and protecting and elevating all of the aspects of life?
1: These are huge issues. Huge issues. So if you break it apart, there are opportunities for every single company out there. No there matter is how
2: large, no matter how small.
1: No matter what industry. That's
2: right. Every industry is a tech industry now.
1: But it's much more about the fact of the, to me, the interconnectivity yeah. of industry. So there used to be, you know, I'm in the food industry, you're mm-hmm. in the healthcare industry, right. you're in electronics, you're in whatever. Now these all go back and forth between each other and more.
2: And it's woven together in, in potentially an incredibly powerful tapestry. And so how do we control that? We've already alluded to it. You know, How do we work this together? That's where policy comes in, not just government policy, but policies and companies and how information is going to be disseminated, how it's going to be protected, how it's going to be standardized. Mm-hmm. There's an important part. And so many entrepreneurs uh, in so many segments have for so long been of the habit of you know, kind of poo-pooing government. Government sits on us, and you know it's it's a burden, and they slow us down. And yet, come on, the internet would not exist without the government. And he
1: gives and credit, he gives to, credit that. to that. That's and right.
2: So he says you're going to have to learn. As an entrepreneur, to embrace policy, to understand government and what what benefits it can bring, government is going to have to learn to understand entrepreneurs and make it easier for them and larger companies. And
1: larger companies have resources to be able to look at things differently as well. Now, there's a third P in this. We've talked about partnering. We've talked about policy.
2: Yeah, the third third P. P, persistence. Because, let's face it, this is not easy stuff. It is risky stuff. And he says, you take a risk. You take a big risk. You take a lot of shots. And because the more shots you take, the more likely you'll you'll finally hit something. But sometimes you're going to miss. Sometimes you're going to fail. He says it's inevitable. It is inevitable. And the more benefit you go for, the greater the chances that it's not going to work out the way you expect it to. So you have to be persistent.
1: So there's a lot to that, which is why we have a second book that we're pairing with this, which we'll talk about in the second segment. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Scott and I will talk more about what it takes to persevere and grow in the rapidly changing digital age. Stay with us.
2: You're listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated. We focus on enabling visionary leaders to dramatically increase momentum for game-changing results. And we're on the web at businessadvance.com.
1: Did you know that while strategic partnering is becoming more important than ever before, over half of the senior executives we surveyed were dissatisfied with the outcomes? Find out why and what you can do to increase your return on investment by downloading the free special report from our study, Building Powerful Strategic Alliances. We developed our findings and conclusions based on responses from senior executives in over 15 industry sectors.
2: So learn more. Go to growthignitersradio.com episode 76. Scroll down to the resources section and click on the link Download Strategic Alliances Report, and contact us if you have any questions.
1: Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Today, Scott and I are featuring a pairing of two complimentary books that are must reads for the rapidly changing digital age. And you can listen to related book pairing episodes by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 76. So let's get back to our conversation.
2: So, Pam, in the first segment, we highlighted the third wave by Steve Case, and one of the things he said was, his third P, was perseverance in the face of obstacles. He said that's an essential element in creating success in the third wave. So that goes to the question then of, okay, how? How do you persevere? How do you get up after you fail? How do you it's do a, it? it?
1: It's a very tough thing. But that's why in this segment, we're highlighting a book called Rising Strong by Brene Brown. Now, Brene Brown is a pioneering social scientist. She's a research professor at the University of Houston Graduate College of Social Work. And she is a best selling author who's ignited conversations on courage, vulnerability, shame, and worthiness. That's right. We shared some of this work on episode 58 when we featured her book, Daring Greatly. And her follow-up book, Rising Strong, describes how to get back up after the inevitable struggles and falls that come with Daring Greatly.
2: And that's not always easy. It's very easy to personalize or to blame.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: Something didn't go right. Well, you're a screw-up, or we did something wrong.
1: That's right. Well, so she says that there's a process,
2: which okay. we like process. I love process. It's, it's, yes. To me, it's the fourth <laughs> P.
1: <laughs> she says that regardless of magnitude or circumstance, the rising strong process is the same. We reckon with our emotions and get curious about what we're feeling. Okay, what's... what's-
2: reckoning mean?
1: Reckoning, in this case, is coming to terms with the fact that we feel some kind of an emotional response. And this, admittedly, can be hard to do, because when you're in your own system, it's hard to catch that you've had 15 Oreos already,
2: Yeah. or...
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know? Or or
2: you're, or you're yelling at your dog or what have you. Okay, so... That's
1: right. But you're reckoning with your emotions, and you have to get curious mm-hmm. about what you're feeling. That's the starting point. And everybody comes into it, she says, in a different way. Yeah. So for some people, it's it's a binge on Onorio, yeah. Uh But for others, it's not wanting to listen yeah. when somebody's talking or snapping, something, just a feeling sometimes that, like you said, I'm a screw up yeah. or it, it's a it's a very uncomfortable feeling.
2: Or not thinking. It's working obsessively. It's it's getting so bogged down in the, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm doing, this is what we have to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: Another way yeah. to get at it. Exactly. And she says, all of us have this, of course. So you've
2: got to stop, get a feeling for something's going on. Hey. What's what's going on? Why is it going on? And yeah, reckoning is a start.
1: That's right. And the next step in the process is she says we rumble with our stories. And this is important because everything is a story. She says, yeah, if you think about it, we things happen to us and we make sense of it and we say, this is a story, mm-hmm. this is how life should be, this is how it shouldn't be, these kinds of uh, decisions are the way we should go mm-hmm. or not. In companies, uh, we might say, we we don't do this. You know, If somebody comes up with a great product or a right. service for the third wave, mm-hmm. and the response could be, we don't do that.
2: Yeah, that's not our business. That's
1: not our business. That's
2: not how it's done.
1: Without ever really considering it. Mm-hmm. That makes it a story. I mean, if you've gone through it and you've said, this is just not going to fit with us, that's one thing. But it's the automatic nature of it. The knee-jerk. The knee-jerk yeah. reaction becomes our story. Okay. And they they can be very complex and they mm-hmm. involve this shame and, and vulnerability feeling that... Uh, people have to come to terms with. So she calls it rumbling, okay. and there are a lot of areas in the book that she talks about that people rumble with: mm-hmm. perfectionism and all of that.
2: Rigidity,
1: exactly. Mm-hmm. So we rumble with our stories until we get to a place of truth, she said. And
2: then, oh, we- whoa, 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 whoa! Truth. Truth. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is truth?
1: The truth is that we make sense of what really does make sense so the truth is for instance i didn't really have to snap Mm -hmm. the truth is i'm uncomfortable with say being a perfectionist Mm -hmm. in this case
2: or not or
1: not being a perfectionist Uh it's saying does this story make sense Mm -hmm. for real
2: yeah Okay,
1: do we really need this story? because you can also change the story? The facts okay. can be assembled yep. in different ways that are equally as true, okay, and it it can make sense as well so, so you,
2: you recognize that something's going on, you rumble with it until you shake out some greater insight. So what's next?
1: We live the process every day until it becomes a practice and creates nothing short of a revolution. Mm -hmm. which is the third step there in our lives. Okay. And she says that this is the path to wholeheartedness, and this teaches us the most about who we are. So it's a process to go through, okay, we're going to innovate Mm -hmm. We're going to come up with crazy ideas, Mm -hmm. supposedly crazy ideas. We're going to let it happen, and we fall. Right. We have to figure out how we're going to get back up in a hurry. Mm -hmm. So if we get into a practice where we say, oh, I'm feeling shame, I'm feeling vulnerable.
2: Or we've wasted these resources.
1: Well, you get in touch with what are you feeling. Okay you start getting curious why why am i doing this or why do i feel this way
2: mm-hmm.
1: you can start the process by then going into reckoning with your stories mm-hmm. what am i telling myself
2: mm-hmm.
1: is that really true mm-hmm. do i really have to do it this way mm-hmm. Is that really all there is? Now, from there, you can say, what have I learned? Okay. And you can integrate that. Now, she talks about it individually, but she also talks about it as a group, as a team. Yeah,
2: that's what I was going to ask. From an individual standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. How can organizations, how can groups, teams, companies embrace this and, and make it part of how they work?
1: By making it a practice. So we have to learn about it first, but Mm -hmm. we have to make it a commitment and integrate it into our daily lives. And when we integrate it into our daily lives, it becomes something we can do faster.
2: And fast
1: is where it's at. Fast is definitely where it's at. And uh, we're going to talk about how to get this going in our third segment. So we're going to take another quick break. And when Scott and I come back, we'll talk more about immediately useful ideas for applying the elements of the third wave and rising strong into our daily lives. Stay with us.
2: You're listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated. On the web at businessadvance.com. Does your
1: company have what it takes to meet your current commitments and move fast enough to respond to new opportunities? Take the first step to confirm your perspective by requesting our free resource, 5 Questions to Ask When You Need to Move Even Faster.
2: Our questionnaire will help you find out where to begin to focus your energy and resources so that what should be happening really is happening faster and more effectively.
1: We've developed these questions based on our work with clients in over 30 industries. We've helped them scale faster, make innovation happen faster, and more quickly respond to new opportunities. This has generated millions of dollars in top and bottom line growth. Now you can have this resource on a complimentary basis just for sharing your valid contact information with us.
2: So don't miss out. Go today to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 76. Scroll down to resources and click the link, download five questions to ask when you need to move faster. And to learn more about our success stories, go to businessadvance.com client results.
1: Welcome back to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been talking about The Third Wave by Steve Case and Rising Strong by Brene Brown, a book pairing.
2: And you wouldn't necessarily think that they would go together?
1: They go together beautifully really,
2: really well. because
1: we have to be able to look ahead into the third wave, which is coming at us, mm-hmm. take advantage of new opportunities, inevitably fail, and rise up.
2: That's right. So let's get practical here and lay out three things that are imminently doable in the near future that can really help us map out the next stages of our journey, our future, and get there faster and more effectively. So what's the first step?
1: The first step would be to make sure that you stay in touch with technology that can be helpful to accomplishing your purpose, okay, so your company's purpose, your own purpose, because technology is changing daily. And there are so many things that we don't even realize are possible unless we're staying attuned to it.
2: <laughs> just tell me about it. All you have to do is uh, turn on the TV and you see something new or go to the internet and there, there's a new app for that. And mm-hmm. But uh, there's also technology that's rising up sort of under the radar, that's not really popular yet, that's not uh, well, really widespread and well-known. Mm-hmm. That's where the opportunities live. Okay, so uh, how, how do you do that? How, how do you get in touch with technology, especially if you're not a technology geek?
1: Well, let's say that you're on a plane right now mm-hmm. or you're exercising. Next step is to pull up a magazine. Okay. Or you can call somebody and have a conversation, mm-hmm. somebody who knows technology and says, I have an idea. You can listen when somebody says, I have an idea about how my technology could work mm-hmm. with what it is that you're all about. So these are beginnings of ideas, okay, so the immediately you, useful idea.
2: And the, the real magic, the real key here is through these conversations with the purpose in mind— you say now here's a need that intersects with that purpose. How can we make that happen using new technology? Mm-hmm. And you read, you Google, you, you talk have to, do to your somebody, research, do essentially. some research. Okay, so I've got that now. Okay, I've got an idea, and maybe there's some technology there that can make that happen. What's next? What's another practical step? The that second we can
1: take? one would be to take a risk by finding. A partner, Mm -hmm. or partners, I should say, at least mapping it out in your mind. All right. Who would be possible partners that would work well with bringing this idea to life? Okay. I'm not saying that this happens overnight, but I am saying that you have to start somewhere, Mm -hmm. and it's starting to make that list. Asking people who would they partner with, Uh seeing who's out there. So that sometimes the best partners are not the most obvious partners, I will say that.
2: Oh, that's, that's a good thought. And as Steve Case writes in his book, taking advantage of third wave opportunities is going to be so much beyond an individual person, an individual company. That You've got to go together Mm -hmm. to go stronger, to go faster, ultimately.
1: That's right. And it's going to take more than one partner. So we have to look at partners that work well with us. That was the thing we found out in our study, too, is that just because you have a partner doesn't mean, even if they are strategically Mm well-suited, that they are culturally well-suited.
2: Or that you have the processes in place. Up and down the line mm-hmm. that are going to make that partnership work. So the practical step then is identify an objective and go make a list of potential partners, talk to people to to put that dream team together, and then try to make it happen. Okay, so we go out and we're partnering, we're putting things in place. Like Kay says, doesn't always work out the way you imagine it.
1: That's right. And that's why... The third immediately useful idea is to begin to practice the principles that are in Brene Brown's book, which I think are very sound. Mm -hmm. We have to do it on a regular basis. So a lot of people go for training. Yeah, that's that's a very common thing to do. But what happens too often that I see is that people go to the training, Mm -hmm. then they file it away, and are, you know, I just did that. I'm going back to my work now. (laughs) That's right, because it's easy also to go back to our habits. Yeah, and training is an outside kind mm-hmm. of thing to or happen or reading a book or a retreat
2: yeah.
1: uh is something that's outside of the normal mm-hmm. kind of experience so become aware of one thing that you want to do and if 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 it would be anything it would be how can i listen mm. more empathetically mm. okay. today okay. because when i really can understand how somebody's thinking you and i work on it all the time but yep. When we can really understand how we each think, Mm -hmm. then we have the foundation for being able to more quickly get to a place where we can deal with whatever the stories are around the issues that come up Mm -hmm. inevitably Mm -hmm. and then integrate that learning and turn it into practice. But you have to do it and be able to do it quickly. It builds resilience. It
2: does build resilience. And as you say, you can't just read the book and put it down and expect a change. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not going to happen. You have to make mental space in your life, in your work life, in your personal life to think about, okay, how am I going to do this and practice bit by bit? And eventually it does get stronger. So Pam, any final thoughts on blending these two books of The Third Wave and Rising Strong?
1: Well, there's no doubt that the third wave of the digital age is already upon us. Our challenge is to recognize where we're clinging to the status quo Mm -hmm. and where we're going to play in the new world. And remember that even when we fall, we can rise up stronger than ever before.
2: Great thoughts, Pam. Thanks so much. And thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To get show notes and resource links for this week's episode, including our free special report on building powerful strategic alliances, go to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 76.
1: Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to discuss with your team.
2: What can we do to expand our perspectives on what's possible, take bigger risks, and bounce back from adversity faster and stronger?
0: Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio are service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniter's radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses, including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated, are prohibited. All rights reserved.